if we're already recording, what we should hit the button. What button? This button. Oh, the white button. The white button has been pushed. Yes, it has. <laughs> I've got button written in really big letters here in the book. Um, Hi, everybody. But, you, you're listening to the Long in the Boot podcast. I am your host, G. Long, joined by Deb. Apparently, I'm here, yes. Across the way. She can't get away. <laughs> no. Yep, I've let her out for the day. <laughs> uh, give me an hour. So, uh, what's been happening? Um, I guess a lot of stuff. Like? Um, life in general. Uh, work, school, weather. We've had a lot of bad weather. Um, the, the, oh, but as far as the podcast and our listening community. Yeah. Um, what about that? We're doing a giveaway, a hat giveaway again. May that, hat giveaway. It was popular for us uh, last time. We gave away four hats, two red, two black. This time I have only one of each, so it's it's kind of a, a different situation. You don't have as good odds. Well, unless you're shooting for the red hat because apparently the red hat is getting no love. Right. And we, we, we pull separately. So if you say black, you're in with a bunch of people right now. Yes, and if you yes. say red, if you say red right now, man, you, you'd, you'd, you'd get it. You're probably guaranteed to get you a hat. It'll show <laughs> up in the mail. You don't have to do a darn thing. You might even get an extra special treat with the hat. <laughs> he's, he's making me send an extra special treat. Yes. I am. No, actually he's not making me do anything. You people aren't fooled at all. I'm the one doing this. This is all on me. Yeah. That's he brought right. me on board for a reason. I'm going to give stuff away. Yeah. I don't know nothing about this podcasting. Yeah. No, you've been working on the website. I have. And uh, speaking of it's www.longintheboot.com. I believe we decided it was going to be tripdub.longintheboot.com. And uh, each Wednesday, well, probably Wednesday to Thursday, I'll put up the newest episode of the podcast if you don't want to have to, you know. Go somewhere else to get it. Push two buttons. Yeah. <laughs> That's so difficult these days. <laughs> okay. Two buttons. Two. <laughs> I just want to swipe. You can uh, always call at 337-502-9011. That number is available to you to call with show ideas. If you're a crafter and yes. you, you'd like me to talk about you and maybe put up a link on the pod on the website, I will do because that. Because you have recently done that segue I've, right into that. I have, that. and I uh, wanted to, I put up a, a Rowdy Tumbleweed and Bailey's Memorial Woodwork, and I also put up one for yes, 100% chiropractic. It has changed my life, and I'm not even going. <laughs> right? <laughs> I uh, was having all kinds of problems with my neck and uh, lower, uh, or well, upper back, and uh, just been been just a few visits and already I can feel a difference. Yes. And, and, and the snoring level has decreased considerably. Yeah. So, I'm not, well, I'm not tossing and turning I'm all getting night sleep and I can sleep comfortably. Yeah, so, uh, so thank you to uh, Dr. James down there at Dr. 100% James. chiropractic. You should go. You know, um, somebody didn't contact me, but he recently, uh, a former student recently put up his own Facebook page for his art. And I'm going to mention it because I've been watching him probably for the last year. Uh, Logan has been doing some acrylic work and uh, lovely pouring is what he's called his Facebook page. And so, again, he hasn't requested this. I'm just mentioning it because it's really interesting work. He does some really cool things. I, I made you watch the little video 
that he had posted recently. And, and would you agree? It was, it was very cool. I was very impressed. Yes. And so there you go. Uh, shout out to Logan at lovely pouring, uh, go, go look at some of his art. Yeah, it was, it was pretty impressive. Oh, it was. Okay. So, so Facebook anyway. page up and going yes. website. Oh, if you want the hat, you need to go to the Facebook page. I don't know if I think I maybe trailed off and didn't finish that thought. Oh, sorry. Um, Yes. I'm sure it was my fault. I'm sure it was. Uh, like the post, tell us what you want, red or black, and share it. That's and right. And we'll draw Wednesday when the podcast episode airs, we will post the winner on that link. And as this podcast is going out, you're right smack dab in the middle of Teacher Appreciation Week. You are. You if you are. haven't appreciated a teacher, well, appreciate a teacher. I believe cash is always appropriate. <laughs> no, no. no I not took, cash? Oh, I took I'm sorry. that ethics training. You know you took that ethics training. They've been making us do that for years. Um, we are better than politicians. We do not accept money. Oh, wait. Did I say that? Out loud. Oh, I did. Oh, eh. we don't accept money. Well, we do accept money, but it has to filter through uh, government hands before oh, we get it. Okay, just you know, <laughs> a, a thank you. Um, yeah, a thank you, know, you is a that's, plenty. That's probably enough. You know, I'm, I I'm not that. encouraging. I don't that need for that me or anything. I feel I, just, I feel appreciated. I do. I have a job. Thank you. I love the kids I work with. I didn't get into this for anything other than yeah, to do what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Anyway. So thank uh, thank a teacher. Mother's Day is coming up. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that towards the end. We gotta. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll save we'll save that for later. All right, I agree. Um, so pubcast part two. Yes, but we have been working on our um, a mission statement. Oh, that's I, right. I told Mr. Long, I told G. Long, that uh, we should probably have the some. The wife some wants a mission statement. Focus, yeah. <laughs> I've had to do that many times for school, and usually we flounder about just as, as I am and, and you are. Flounder, um, that's me. Yes, but we have some key concepts in mind, and, and recently something we heard somebody on a, a show and and felt like what he was saying just kind of fit in line with what we were hoping for for our podcast and our community. Right. Yeah. We're, we're just trying not to. I don't want to ever. I, I really want to stay away from the negative. Everything seems. I don't know. Just negative. Life lately. can News be very heavy. wise and, and yeah. Even even look nothing against murder podcasts. <laughs> But man, there have been a lot of murders, and they <laughs> they really been. start to wear on me after a while. And I can't listen to that anymore. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes I I do get in that mood, and I sit down and watch uh, that or listen to that. I'll do funny. Uh, but yeah. But even a political yeah, podcast, that, just, that really it's negative, mm-hmm. and it's all negative. And except the inspiring story at the end of the uh, the news, they always do an inspiring yeah. story. Usually, I like that. Well, you want to you want to talk about the the thing from the, the inspiring night? story? Yeah. 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 The, the other night. Uh, for those of you who actually care, and even those that don't, the Academy Awards were on. Yes. And I, I don't Boy, care. Boy, their life has changed. I don't care about the Academy Awards. Uh, I think it's weird to watch people congratulate themselves on being you know, really successful and rich and hand each other awards. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. And That's neither here nor it, there. And none of it matters, except I caught a, a speech. Tyler Perry got a, a humanitarian award the other night, and it's because of his work for well, for charities and stuff, he's done just an amazing amount of things. And he used to be at one point, he was homeless in his own life. Oh yeah. If, if, uh, when we get done here, you should go look up Tyler Perry's life and read about his, he's, his he's, history. he's, he's, an, he's an amazing individual. He is. And, uh, on the news, they kept playing part of his acceptance speech, but all it was, was a small little portion where he was thanking people 
And they left out the part the best at, part. at the very end. Yeah, he, so we uh, went and listened to the whole he thing. He talked about his mama for a minute, and they cut it off. But the thing at the end is kind of where I think I kind of want the pad, podcast to be. And, uh, well, I'll just... Uh, here, Let Tyler say it. Here, here you go. My mother taught me to refuse hate. She taught me to refuse blanket judgment. And in this time, and with uh, all of the internet and social media and algorithms and everything that wants us to think a certain way, the 24-hour news cycle, it is my hope that all of us would teach our kids, and not only to remember, just refuse hate. Don't hate anybody. I, I, I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope that we would refuse hate. And I want to take this Gene Herschel humanitarian award and dedicate it to anyone who wants to stand in the middle no matter what's around the wall, stand in the middle, because that's where healing happens. That's where conversation happens. That's where change happens. It happens in the middle. So anyone who wants to meet me in the middle to refuse hate, to refuse blanket judgment, and to help lift someone's feet off the ground, this one is for you too. God bless you, and thank you, Academy. I appreciate it. Thank you. So there you go. Um, the thing at the middle, about being in the middle and, and – uh, how that's where conversation starts. That's kind of how I've always felt about yeah, you shouldn't politics be and, to talk about, and about anything really, any ideas. And today it seems so weird because if you stand in the middle and say something, you end up getting attacked by both ends. Yeah, you absolutely do. And, 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 and I, as a civics teacher, I used not... to try to ex- explain that as best I could, that, that unfortunately the loudest, I always explained it as kind of a fence and, and one end of the fence, you've got ultra left and the side you got ultra right. But as you move to the middle, the hill gets bigger and bigger. And, and unfortunately, though, the ends of the fence are the loudest part. Yeah, because of media and, and right. And, social. And it's tilted. It's twisted. There's bias. And We're I, out of balance. Yeah. And so in the middle. I kind of like being in the middle. Yeah. And I, I, and I thought his, uh, his speech about, you know, not, not just refusing hate. Yeah. I, I our our like concept of recently we've been talking about this and sharing this, uh, this idea that we have hand-me-downs. We have we have racism that's been handed down, and we have uh, sexism that's been handed down, and the new generation and it gets chipped wanna, away, and basically yeah, it's break the chain. It does just break over the chain. time change, and it is changing. It is changing, and it's not changing quickly. You don't have to accept it from the past. But if you're if you're a young person and you think that change isn't happening, just know that when you get to you know closer to my age, you'll see that progress has been made all along, and it's a shame that so many people don't see it. And sure. and basically don't allow anybody in the middle to have a voice anymore. You're not allowed to be in the middle. No. Well, and you're just not allowed to sh- to openly discuss or, things. Or make a mistake in what you say. Or, yeah. you know, there's all kinds yeah. of things. It's all just right. so, uh, enough of that. So Let's that, talk about happy things like uh, like dogs. I think, well, that wasn't an unhappy no, thing. No, no, I guess not. That was kind of the point, right? That we, uh, I'm just, that we don't want to be uh, negative. We always want to like examine, look for the uh, the positive Accentuate the positive, I believe, uh, Dr. John said. I think so. I think I think that shared. <laughs> I would idea. play that song if I was legally allowed to no, play it. No, you're not doing that. Hey, you are getting some production though. Yeah, I, I'm working on a, a new, a new updated version of the opening theme. Sure, we should hear it in different genres. Yeah, I, I like think that. I'm kind of excited. It's like about a cover. It. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you're getting a cover. All I'm right, having a commission. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> 
animals. Yeah, we talked. To, we talked, of course, to Deputy Krista West la, uh, last podcast. Thank you, Krista, and we uh, really enjoyed it. But we didn't get to the history of our love affair with dogs, especially. Yeah, dogs especially. But no, we okay. We, cat lovers. Yeah, you're allowed to love cats. I, I, you know. Yeah, I, we got a couple. We, I, we yeah, like I, our kitties. <laughs> I have one cat that's allowed to come indoors. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> out Ms. of Kitty, the three, Miss Kitty is the queen. Well, the um, other two show up when they show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. they they have their lives. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. It's their private. Actually, life. that's a lie because <clears throat> watching cat videos apparently is good for your heart. Oh, well. Yes, lots of benefits. I mean, just Google that. Benefits of having a pet, you know, I'm not going to read them to you, but there are number of uh, positives. Look, there's there's only one cat that matters. We all know it, and it's that little white cat who's making the snarky comment to the screaming blonde woman. Oh, my God. That <laughs> meme just, it does not get old for I know, me. It doesn't I, get I, old. I just, I like that. All right. Okay. So. Memes will bring us together. <laughs> memes. Yes. Memes will bring us together. <laughs> they do. Bernie, the whole the whole country after that inauguration, the Bernie memes, it it, it united everyone. For like a second and a half. Well, then we need mittens. a we need it was a, mittens. We need mittens a meme brought a day. us together. A meme a day. There you go. There's there's <laughs> there's the mission statement. A mitten for your ears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's we'll, move on. We'll Mr. work on it. Hey, um, locally, we I, I saw a former student of ours. He is now an ICU nurse in uh, Lafayette, actually. And it, amazing young man. We love him so. Uh, he had posted a, a story locally here in Lake Charles. They were bringing pets for staff and nurses at the hospital at a Lake Charles Memorial, I think. Anyway, the to to help benefit their their heart health and their stress levels, you know. So hey. they're under a great deal of stress. I think we should be able to bring our pets to work. I really love having my dog at work. That would be amazing. Oh, to have the dog with us. Yes, oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. So, and I, anyway, and for, there's for, my vote for that. And I'm sure there are stuffy people who would go, you can't be a teacher and have a dog in a classroom. Well, yeah, you can. Yeah, I think you could. All right. <laughs> you well, I'm sure there's litigation, though. So there's the negative side. Well, anyway, our love of dogs. Yes. Let's, let's, let's turn. Ah, uh, turn. You don't know what he just did there, but I do. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, but first, we're going we're gonna to talk about. Uh, I'm talking about dogs, not so much the domestication of dogs, but when it, when did man and dog become more than just business partners? I guess because for uh, the yes, longest when time, it became emotional. Uh, yeah, when it became an emotional thing, when people had a, an attachment to a dog, and it, we're going to start with uh, the, the earliest one that we know of so far, All right. or maybe one older. This grave was actually discovered in 1914. Okay, and when they uncovered the grave in uh, what is today Bonn, Germany, they found a man and a woman with jewelry and various other decorated objects. And they also found a dog. All right. With the two people. And this dates back 14,000 years ago. And they know for sure that it was a dog. They also know they were buried together, but they've also been examining through mitochondrial DNA, the dog itself. And this is where the story gets interesting. All right. And what it is, is Signs in the animal's teeth revealed it had distemper, and it looks that it it looks as if it would have suffered for five to six weeks before dying. Oh, okay. It's and well, but that's the thing. Distemper normally, if you have dogs that are outside, they're work dogs, and they don't have an emotional attachment to you. You would separate that dog. Yeah, you wouldn't be with it. it. You wouldn't be next to it because you don't know what it has. This dog was taken care of. 
Ah, so they it wouldn't have lived. So they've theorized then that they were emotionally bonded with that dog. The dog would have needed large amounts of water Mm -hmm. and actually food to survive because uh, burning up the distemper, it would would actually eat more. Um, But without care, the dog would not have survived as long as it did. As long as it did, Mm -hmm. and that is kind of where they are for this. All right. So at that point, they've decided that we uh, have an emotional attachment. Right. And we keep them for pleasure as opposed to utility. Well, uh, I'm sure both. Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, you do. You If you're around animals, you you get emotionally attached or, well, most people do. Most people. Most people. Otherwise, you might have other issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah, exactly. If you, might if you have don't emotionally issues. bond, then I'd start questioning. But even your- farm animals. Even people who like grow up raising animals oh, sure. for food sure. they will still, still develop have, a little bit oh, of an emotional yeah. bond with certain animals but that they, they know are the destined, circle of life. destined for the plate. Well, they're, you know, that's, that is the circle. Piglets are cute and delicious. And tasty. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so when we go, then move forward in history. Yeah, and uh, there's a bunch of and them. the way we we bonded and used dogs and, yeah. and other creatures. Well, the, the 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 next the next one, real quick, with uh, our our puppy love isn't so much love. <laughs> I don't think um, it's actually a, a dog that was used for work. Okay, well that's that makes sense. It does. It, it makes sense. And you may not have ever heard of this dog. The uh, the weird thing is, it, it's a Latin name is Vernipater Cur. All right. Well, there's a Cur dog. That it's a Cur. Um, you know, so that kind of dog. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a dog that w- did work, and it was known as a turnspit dog. A turnspit. So food. Uh, well, it turns out <laughs> that people in England and Scotland and Ireland the the you know the islands they liked meat roasted in front of a fire well who wouldn't and for a long time early on they used uh boys young boys would do that they would be the turnspit boys sure and they'd have them off to the side of these big fires these big huge fires and they actually i was reading they would put up um it's, I keep, this sounds so crazily dangerous they would take hay bales <laughs> and they would the soak fire. them with water oh and put him up as a shield for the turnspit boy because uh, the heat was so intense. He couldn't stand there. That they couldn't stay there okay, for very Okay, so then long. it was no longer practical to put young children over there. Well, so. it, they, they still did it for a really, well, sure, really long time. because then they had to breed these dogs into what they needed. But then they came up with a unique idea, which was to think of it as a hamster wheel. Oh, okay. But they would attach it to a wall. And then they would have gears and a mechanism hooked to the spit to turn the meat. And these dogs would walk literally for hours. Oh, they worked hard. They weren't big. No, but no. they were Actually, bred you can specifically. Go and see a picture of a turnspit dog. Well, there's one. It's a there's a museum in Wales. Okay. And don't ask me how it's pronounced the place because I don't want to. It's okay. Well, I'd say it wrong anyway. Uh, <laughs> but there is a wooden display case, and in this wooden display case, there is some uh, little flowers. And then there's this little stuffed dog. And he's not very big. He's not a big dog. Hmm. A little bigger than like a full-grown, full-size dachshund. All right. And that's Whiskey. Oh, that's that's his name? That's his name. All right. And he was a turnspit dog. He, he was, was a, a turnspit dog. He was a working dog. dog. Well, working do- we like working dogs. I mean, we... But now we Sundays, though, they got the day off. Oh. 
They did. They so got they to had, go to church. So they worked six days a week and went to church. Uh, yeah, they did. They went to church and they they laid on women's feet. Huh. Because they would want their feet to be warm. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which I think so is kind of So funny. they were still working. They, I, guess, I suppose they <laughs> but, were. But their their job was to sleep. <laughs> well, then Bella, Bella must have some of that quality. She likes to lay on. Yeah, that's true. Well, they also later used them for... Um, they replaced uh, the the spinning jenny in people's houses, mm-hmm. and they would use them to turn um, spindles for cloth. Oh, okay. The idea, you know, this is the earliest that we know the uh, the wheel being placed in a home, <laughs> you know, on the wall. Yeah. And uh, there's some great woodcuts from uh, the 1800s where you just look at this kitchen and it's like, well, there's a dog up on the wall in a hamster cage. If you didn't know any better, it would really throw you <laughs> it off. It would be a little disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that all right up there? One, it's There was a story that I read uh, that happened in the 1700s in Bath, England. The Bishop of Gloucester was giving a sermon and he said, and it was then that Ezekiel saw the wheel. And at the mention of the word wheel, several of the turnspit dogs who had been foot warmers ran for the door. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. So we may not we may not know whether they liked it or not, but clearly the wheel they was did, work. And yeah, they, they didn't want to go. It's Sunday. No, we're not working today. We don't it's do overtime. Sunday. Nice. Nice. All right. You know, Germans and their dogs. Well, yeah. The Germans love their dogs. Well, they do. They really they, do. They do. Uh, uh, you know, I've lots of stories to come across. We've got German Shepherds today. We've got Dachshunds. I mean, we're fans of, we're fans of Doxies, you know. Yeah, well, you got to be. Well, I I didn't know until Casey came into our life. We've had friends with dachshunds for years. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. But you don't really see their true qualities, I guess, until until you, you know, actually good and bad live with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. You know, they had they had turned out legs. Uh, Turnspit dogs had turned out legs like, like dachshunds. dachshunds. Okay, so. well, the dachshunds were digging, <clears throat> going down those badger holes. Turnspit dogs were walking in place, getting their steps in. Getting their steps in, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that they liked all that exercise. Wait a minute. What? Hold on. Treadmill, small child. I think we have found a solution for charging up our cars in the future. Ah, uh-huh. Well, no, we're just going to create, in the future, we're just going to create robotic dogs. Robotic children. Ah, yeah. That would no, no, that would be cleaner. Put it in the book. That's a future post. <laughs> that would certainly be cleaner. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, that's the that's the the sad the sad sad story of the the turnspit, the turnspit dog and the because they're right. extinct. That's the weird part. Oh, I they mean, didn't continue. Well, they did. Technology w- was such that they didn't need somebody doing that service anymore. But you still need foot warmers. And uh, apparently, they would they would develop a habit uh, after being a turnspit dog for years and years. They doctors noticed that they would constantly turn. Like they'd find a spot and just turn in circles. Oh, well, dogs still do that. Yeah, but this was in, in particularly bad, apparently. It was a compulsive behavior that they couldn't stop. And uh, it's even uh, Shakespeare even mentioned a, a dog in a comedy of errors, a curtailed dog fit only to run in a wheel. Oh. Curtail means cut tail. They, they cut, yeah, they, they cut their tails clip, off. They clipped them. Do they do that to cur dogs too? Well, that, a curta- a curtailed dog is, is a dog with no yeah, tail. Yeah, no, I know that, but I mean the breed cur. Oh, I don't know. Huh. All right. Well, uh, look it up. <laughs> look it up. You know, speaking of dachshunds, too, uh, 2020 was the first time in the uh, best in show that a, a dachshund actually won. A dachshund from Gloucester named Maisie. 
Maisie. Maisie. Good name. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's the it's the name of the dog in a World War Z. Also, the book, oh. not the movie. And one final thing about turnspit dogs. Oh, yeah. I thought this was also very interesting. They were used uh, in hotels in America. The, it, the habit came over. Okay. And big giant hotels um, would use several dogs to turn these giant spits, right, in the kitchen. All right. And in the 1850s, the person that found, and I don't have the name right, right handy, but the founder of the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals saw how badly they were being treated by wow. the workers. And that led to the founding of the Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Oh, okay. Is that, is notes. that, um, was it up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area? Uh, Manhattan. Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was up on the East coast. Cause that was where all those other ladies had started the, uh, f- the adopting, uh, shelter stuff. Yeah. Because they needed they needed that desperately in in the cities. Well, the Victorian age and steam power got rid of the turnspit dogs, and they went extinct because apparently, this is a quote: they were quite ugly little dogs with a quite morose disposition. Well, I guess so. You make them work. I'd be morose and pretty bitchy myself. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So why is that dog extinct? So they because were... it had a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you make me work that hard. I'm probably going to be having a bad attitude too. Um, but okay, so I'll back to Maisie. And what? Okay. Oh, before Maisie, one last thing. No. What do they think? <laughs> what dog do you do they do you know what dog they think is actually closest related to the turnspit dog, even though they went extinct? Uh. D- Chihuahua, no, Cor- <laughs> Corgi, <Wow>. Corgis, <laughs> yes. yep, Corgis, Corgis. So there you well, go. Well, because it was short and low to the ground. Well, no, you know what it is. Corgis have a good personality. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, the queen's always had a corgi. Right. So yeah. there you go. And she's old. And and probably was around when they had. I wonder how many spits. corgis the queen has actually gone through in her lifetime. <laughs> Just one. Uh-huh. <laughs> She doesn't know. <laughs> don't don't I, ruin it. I don't know. Okay, in reality, she's gone through ten, but she thinks it's the same dog. It's nay on the odd day. All right, all right. Yeah, I saw that video. Um, good lord. Okay, so yes, my fa- my favorite dachshund in in uh, literature is is Maisie. Tell me about Maisie. World War Z. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes, you remember. They did it. They they left Maisie out of the movie, so you're going to have to go read the book. But in one of the interviews, they interview a character named Darnell. And Darnell is now running a retirement home for dogs who served in the uh, U.S. Army's uh, Canine Corps, you know. And, and those are dogs that are uh, employed to go out and help hunt zombies. So dachshunds are fantastic zombie hunters. They go down in the tunnels. And, uh, yeah, so. It, there you go. Yeah. Zombies. zombies. So. That's, you, they're going to help if us. If you there are too. concerned about the coming zombie apocalypse, get yourself a dachshund. Or if you just like, you know, literature. Well, I don't know if World War Z is literature. Well, it's a good story. It's, it's a good story that they use hardly any yeah. of. And they used one I thing. Know. And they said from Brad the book. Pitt loved a book, and yet they didn't like do the movie. Fun fact: it, it wasn't the author of World War Z <laughs> yes. is the son of Mel Brooks. Of Mel Brooks, yes, yeah. Max. 
There you yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you know what? I bet most of our listeners have. Maybe have, already knew that. Yeah, already know that. I'm well, if you, you knew credit. that, well done. And if you didn't, it's cool. <laughs> I just told you. I'm going to give you credit for that. Um, we had we actually have a somewhat local dog story as well. Or do you want to do the World War One? Because we, we can one, talk. We can talk about Booger real quick. Okay, let's do Booger real quick. <laughs> so the other night, I'm watching an inspiring story. You know, I don't know what I was watching, but uh, <laughs> the news came on, and there was a a news story that set Bella off. It was out of Lufkin, Texas. She, yeah, so it's not quite the boot, but it's close because we're border it's people anyway. Enough. Yeah, we're we're close enough. Um, and Bella just, she was terrified, ran and hid in her kennel during this story because uh, the poor dog sounded so pitiful. Booger was outside when the storm hit. And we have had It a was lot that of bad storm the yeah. other night that hit Texas. It, it, April, yeah. Well, yeah, April. Last two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. We've just had storms for the whole Yeah, month. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's One of those bad. really crappy storms that hit Texas recently. <laughs> Booger got up inside the, a truck. It looked obviously like a four-wheel drive. It looked like because uh, they had to remove the front drive shaft, so I'm yeah, thinking four yeah. wheel drive, and uh, got up inside above the shaft and then got wedged, over a plate. Wedged himself in there. He, he just could not get out of this predicament. Yeah, that he his was owner, in. his owner Grimes finally said, "You know, I'm going to have to call nine one one." He said, "I didn't want to call and waste people's time, but I just didn't know what else to do." And because we're mean people, we're going to make you listen to what a dog in in, in torment <laughs> sounds like. It sounds like. Sit with his feet. Oh. Hey, boy. I'm trying to get what are you doing up in there? Huh? Yeah, he's in there. He's in the bind. I mean, he's, he's okay. I had to try fill my water bucket up. There you go. It's okay, boy. It's okay. So, yeah, that, that set our dogs off. Oh, yeah, it did. Poor Bella. She, she was sympathetic dog for in. that dog. <laughs> dog in pain. They had to sedate Booger and, and put, a, put muzzle a muzzle on, on yeah. him. And, and, yeah. They got him out, though. But they did. They had to drop the drive shaft from the go, truck. Go watch the video. It's well worth it. There's plenty of yeah, And, and it has a happy it. ending. So It does. Yeah. yeah. People Booger. coming together to save a pet. To <laughs> save a German Shepherd. Booger was picked right out of that truck. Oh, boo. <laughs> All, All right, right. So, we're uh, moving forward. We do a. We should do a couple. Uh, uh, you got one. I got one. Well, actually, it was because of Bella. I guess that's a good a good move right into that. When I when I realized that uh, we were going to go look at the shelter, I I saw the picture in the description, and she was part Chihuahua and part Jack Russell Terrier. So I thought, well, maybe I need to go read up on these dogs, and uh, I found some interesting stuff about Jack Russell Terriers, and it it involves. Hitler in World War One. Wait a minute. Who is this Hitler you speak yeah, of? Yeah, well, you know, at this time, he really wasn't all that well-known. He was just Adolf. And Adolf, actually, the his name means uh, wolf, noble wolf, when it's translated from Old High German. And Hitler really... This was, took, this was pre... Like, yeah, this it was World War One. World War One. Yeah, he's just a soldier. This is uh, when he was a soldier and not the crazy psychotic that we are well you know i think it was developing and perhaps the loss of his dog his jack russell may have caused it there's oh, been some are uh, you telling me that world war ii may be because of because a dog? of a dog okay so hitler's first dog came to him when he was in the trenches in world war one it was a little jack russell terrier small white one he was a property of the english soldiers you know jack russell terriers were used in the trenches uh for three purposes, actually. They were messengers. 
So they deliver message through the trenches. They could go really quickly, low to the ground. They were mortar detectors because they could actually hear it coming before the soldiers. <laughs> so if the dog ran, if the dog ran, if the dog takes uh, off. You better you, follow. You better him. follow them. And um, they were gas detectors because they could actually smell, smell the drifting Oof. cloud yeah. of mustard gas or chlorine gas before the the men could. So dog comes along, ends up accidentally chasing a rat in uh, into Hitler's trench. Yeah, and, they 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 had a rat problem. Yeah, well, the dogs did that for fun, I guess, and and help. I guess it's helping too. So there's actually that's a fourth job of and the Jack Russell. Meat. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And so so Hitler uh, took the dog, caught the dog, and made him his own. Called him Fuchsel, and that means little fox. Good name. So he had his dog Fuchsel for quite some time, a couple years. He said, I studied my dog Fuchsel. I used to watch him as if he'd been a man. It was crazy how fond I was of that beast. There you go. His own words. So in uh, two years later, he and his regiment were on their way to uh, France for a little rest. And a railroad official actually offered Hitler 200 marks for Fuchsel. Hitler refused. He says, you could not give me 200,000 marks and you wouldn't get him. But after the course of being at that train station, Fuchsel disappeared. Uh so Hitler couldn't find the dog, realized his dog had been taken. He said, I was desperate. The swine who stole my dog doesn't know what he did to me. Dun, dun, so dun. then move forward in time and he starts with the German shepherds, right? And then he becomes obsessed with this idea that German shepherds are the closest to wolves, which is what his uh, name means. So he yeah. thinks that he think he's he's all about signs and symbols and he thinks that this means something. He liked those Alsatians. Yeah. Yes. So he he uh starts getting interested in the breeding uh of purebred German shepherds. And we know he had like three, I think, over the course of his life. Blonda was of course, his favorite. But in the end, he said uh, about a month before he committed suicide, they actually have, he wrote, the more I know people, the more I love dogs. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. And that was, of course, in hindsight there, you know, he had already lived through everything. But, you know. He also said, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have killed all of these people. But that maybe man shouldn't have taken have my dog. dogs. <laughs> He could have done that. Absolutely. Hey, you know, they also, uh, World War One. Oh, well. We've got a, we've got a hero dog. Uh, yeah, boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> we've got a hero. Uh, well, before I do the World War One dog, I want to go way back. What? It's a military dog. Oh, okay. I was going to say, we'd already gone back. And his name is Donog. 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 It's very Irish, Scottish. Well, this dog belonged, he was a bloodhound, and he belonged to Robert the Bruce. Oh, yes. interesting. Enemies of Robert used his dog to find him in hiding, but were surprised when the dog turned on them when they tried to attack his master. Because of the dog's intervention, the men were driven off, and Robert the Bruce survived and got away, and later became king of Scotland. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fulfilled uh, destiny. Yeah, There you go. And one of his descendants was King George III. Mm. So King George III was king during the American Revolution. So maybe if Robert the Bruce had been killed, Scotland would have never gotten its freedom. Oh. And who knows how things might how have changed. How history out. would have changed. Yeah. Yep. Dogs. There you go. Changing lives. <laughs> Changing lives <laughs> Changing every day. Lives. <laughs> Fulfilling destinies. The, the most the most famous dog probably uh at least Another World War One. It is World War One and it is Sergeant Stubby. 
Excellent. And get that right. Yeah. It's Sergeant Stubby. <laughs> he earned that. The most decorated dog of World War I. Uh, he was a he was a pit bull mix, so you pit bull haters. He was a pit bull mix. <laughs> he wandered onto the Yale campus while members of the 102nd Infantry were training, and just hung out. Oh, and then he started going out with them for drills. And eventually, <laughs> one of them noticed that he he would lift his paw up to his head. Oh, and salute. like saluting. Uh uh-uh. uh So he he won the heart of everybody, but especially uh, Private J. Robert Conroy, who adopted the dog and named him Stubby. Stubby. Because he had a stubby tail. And <laughs> another cur tail. And not only that, <laughs> but then smuggled him to France. Oh. <laughs> smuggled him uh, where he lived in the trenches with the soldiers. Yes. It was there that Stubby was exposed to mustard gas. Uh, after his gassing, they created for him a special gas mask to fit a to dog. To fit on him. Oh, cool. After that, they used him for warning of poison gas attacks. That was his big job. He also learned how to locate wounded soldiers at night in no man's land. Because after an attack, yeah. there'd be all these people who were alive. They just couldn't move, and they'd get shot down if they, uh, if tried, they to, tried to get up. And Stubby would go and find them. And often try to drag them. Drag them. Or, well, that would at least alert somebody. Yeah. He became a sergeant because he was apparently on patrol. (laughs) And he spotted. (laughs) Out on night watch. Yeah. He he spotted uh, someone who'd looked out of place. And it turned out to be a German who was trying to pass as a soldier. Uh Uh-uh. And he attacked the man. Cool. And when other reinforcements arrived, they realized he was, in fact, a German spy. And. Uh, Stubby was given the rank of sergeant. I wonder if he got if his uh, owner got the check. <laughs> Did <laughs> yeah. he get pay? Did he get the sergeant pay? He served for eighteen months. Okay. He participated in seventeen battles. Wow. He survived many wounds, and of course, much more than that, he provided that special that comfort boost and and to his fellow soldiers. And, yeah, because you're you're it's another That's member Sergeant of your Stubby. Family. You can read up on Sergeant Stubby. He is everywhere. Uh if you go and start researching famous dogs, Stubby takes it. I mean, he's just boom, it's Stubby. <laughs> he uh He had something special. They have uh, they have video of him as well. Oh, nice. That you can you can find all right, so we're giving you we're giving you tasks. You need to read World War Z. You need to go watch the video of Booger being saved uh, in Lufkin by the firefighters. Uh, what else? You need to Google the pic of Hitler and his dog back when Hitler still had a normal mustache and he looked like all the other guys. He had to differentiate himself, I guess. Besides, oh just yeah, he had ideology. one of those really big, giant, bushy mustaches. <laughs> well, it was it it was the of the time. It looked like everybody else. Yeah, but what what happened? ideology he just wanted to to separate himself from the crowd yeah that little uh or the fact that somebody stole his dog just pissed him off so bad that (laughs) (laughs) that that would be something yeah he got out of balance he got out of balance yeah i stole his dog i yeah and you know i could see some 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 (laughs) anger issues from stemming from that somebody steals your dog and you're going to go you and cause the death of 250 million people. You need to get on Facebook and claim somebody else's dog. Oh, don't go there. Don't go <laughs> that there. That was a great story. It was a great All story. Right, we yeah. shall not go there. We won't go there? We will not All go right, there. Well, the Longville Ragley people know what we're talking about. Hey, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. I so. don't even know names. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a fun thread to follow. So what else you got? Um, what else did I have? Not not really anything else. Uh, I think uh, we've we've gotten... Most in of what we were trying to get in. 
Well, I think so. There was a there's a couple others. I mean, oh, you had you had a a final story. Well, I did. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want to get to that quite yet. Okay. Because uh, I was I was looking at again just a few to name a few. Everybody's heard of Ren Tin Tin. Sure. Well, Ren Tin Tin saved. Well, one. no, not everybody. Glenn. Well, that's true. Ren Ren Tin Tin was <laughs> a, a German Shepherd, incredibly incredibly popular. Actually, at one point, was the highest uh, rated actor in Hollywood. You know, <laughs> not surprised uh, as, as far as you know bringing in money yeah, for the yeah. cost. But apparently, his he was so popular. His movies were so popular that Warner Brothers, which was about to go bankrupt during the nineteen twenties. They uh, they nicknamed him the mortgage lifter. Oh wow, he saved the studio. <laughs> the dog who saved Hollywood. This has been nothing but a dog saving humans. He received fifty thousand fan letters a month. Oh my goodness! And more votes than the best actor nominee for the Oscars. Excellent. And, People had good taste back then. And then later, Rin Tin Tin passed away, and they had Rin Tin Tin Three. Oh. His descendant, mm-hmm. who was a recruiting symbol for the Canine Corps during World War II. Oh. So he went out and encouraged and other actually, dogs yeah, to, to join up. To buy bonds. <laughs> to buy bonds. <laughs> join the war effort. And uh, one other one. Man, there's so many. But uh, one other. Uh, Balto. I, I thought Balto was a cartoon dog. I didn't realize oh, Balto was real. Yeah, I think that's all I got referenced Balto to. Balto was a sled dog that saved the people of Nome, Alaska. Hmm. Uh, 650 miles from Anchorage to Nome to get, uh, or it was actually from Nome to Anchorage to get medicine. Oh, wow. Yeah. When they got there, the final team that was supposed to go didn't. Balto and his team went back. And oh, that's did wh- the trip both ways? Yep. And that's where the Iditarod comes from. They, oh, it's to in see memory if they could duplicate. Yeah. Balto. And finally. What was his breed? He was one of the. Uh, he, actually, the picture of Balto, he, he looks like. Kind of a cross between a, he's a, he's a mutt, but oh. you know, he's got some husky in him for sure. But there's some other dog in him too. It, it's a it's, it's, it's a good story. <laughs> Stop that. I'm sorry. And then uh, Buddy, Buddy was the first one of the first seeing eye dogs. She, oh, okay. her name, her name was Buddy. But uh, they they taught the dog to help a blind person get around. Yeah. And because of that, they then brought that program over to the United States from Germany. And created the CNI, yeah. which was the first training facility in America for those dogs. to train dogs. Yeah, they're Again, you know they're really doing that now. They're looking at like prescribing. I don't know that we would have made it without dogs. No, I, <laughs> I no, really don't think dogs. I, they they deserve a lot. They've they've man, you can't. Oh, <laughs> what's that one? <laughs> Herbert Hoover, uh, President Her- <laughs> Herbert Hoover, uh, was kind of hated. Now later he was hated because they blamed him for the depression. But yeah. but but he when he got elected in 1928, he wasn't going to be. People didn't like him. Yeah. Pictures never showed him smiling. Uh, he he had a, a stern man. He was a stern, stern man. He was going to lose that election. And? And somebody got a picture of him with his dog. And lo and behold, in that picture, big old smile on his face. Aww. And the American people went, aww. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we all do. Aww. And they voted him into office. And said if he loves his dog, it must be okay. And, of course, because of that, he helped not do anything during the great depression. (laughs) So you know what your Mm. dog named King Tut. Yeah. Thanks. Dog gave Mm. us a great depression. Ah. Well, you know, you can't be winners all the time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so that's, that's just a quick history of some of our friends because we just didn't have the time on our last podcast, but I've got one, 
one final story. Yeah, you have and, to wrap it up. And it's with this. it's from my my home state of Missouri. And it goes back in the eighteen hundreds. And basically what happened was you had a farmer that had a dog that was killed by a neighbor. The man, the neighbor, who turned out to be his brother in law when I researched the story a little bit, so which makes it really crappy. But it happened in Warrensburg, Missouri. And his name was Old Drum. And Old Drum, his owner, was so heartbroken over the shooting of his dog that he sued his neighbor. And this, not only did he Usually sue... Usually dogs are property and they don't... Right. Yeah. But his argument was loss of companionship. Ah. Right? Well, that's valid. And he 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 actually won, but then it was appealed <laughs> by the neighbor. Okay, yeah. Uh, the neighbor shot the dog because it was on his property. Anyway... It finally went, it actually went to the uh, Supreme Court oh, of wow. Missouri, of the Missouri, Missouri Supreme yeah. Court, where he was given his his just due and he got 50 bucks. Well, I guess that's something. It indicates a win. Yeah. And it proved that the dog, just because the dog is property doesn't mean there's not value other than that. So he just claimed companionship and that was, that was, I mean. But it was the speech. Oh, okay. That his attorney, George Vest, gave. It's famous, and it's known as the eulogy of the dog. If you go to Warrensburg, Missouri, there is a statue of Old Drum, and the eulogy is there. And it's making the point that when it and when it comes to dogs, they are more than just dogs. And so I, I thought it was worth sharing. All right. Okay. Uh, the eulogy of the dog, and I'll paraphrase where necessary for time. Uh, gentlemen of the jury, the best friend a man has in the world may turn against him and become his enemy. His son or daughter, whom he has reared with loving care, may prove ungrateful. Those who are nearest and dearest to us, those whom we trust with our happiness and our good name, may become traitors to the faith. The money that a man has, he may lose. It flies away from him perhaps when he needs it most. A man's reputation may be sacrificed in a moment of ill-considered action. The people who are prone to fall on their knees to do us honor when success is with us may be the first to throw the stone of malice when failure settles upon our heads. The one absolutely unselfish friend that a man can have in this selfish world, the one that never deserts him, the one that never proves ungrateful or treacherous, is the dog. Gentlemen of the jury, a man's dog stands by him in prosperity and in poverty. In health and in sickness, he will sleep on the cold ground when the winds blow and the snow drives fiercely only if he can be near his master's side. He will kiss the hand that has no food. He will lick the wounds and sores that come encounter with the roughness of the world. He guards the sleep of his pauper master as if he were in fact a prince. When all other friends desert, he remains. When riches take wings and reputation falls, he is constant in his love as the sun is in its journey through the heavens. If fortune drives the master forth and outcast into the world, friendless and homeless, the faithful dog asks no higher privilege than that of accompanying him to guard him against the danger and to fight against his enemies. And when the last scene of all comes and death takes his master in its embrace and his body is laid in the cold ground, no matter if all other friends pursue their way, there by his graveside will the noble dog be found, his head between his paws and his eyes sad but open, in alert watchfulness, faithful and true, even unto death. There you go. Forever and ever. Peace and balance to you all. Y'all have a good week. We will see you and talk to you on the next Long in the Boot podcast. Happy Mother's Day. 
Happy Mom's Day to all the moms. Mom.